We're continuing on our journey to make a culture shift across the CSRA with uh, Patrick Reynolds, the CEO and founder of Crosslink Consulting. I'm Neil Gordon from Augusta Business Daily. How are you, sir? Couldn't be better. Wonderful. Um, we're going to talk about the talent aspect of the culture shift. Um, I, I have someone I've, I've known uh, for decades, Gary Gibson, been in business for 38 years in the CSRA, People know him as Gary's Hamburgers, uh, several locations. He had four. He now has three. And it wasn't because people were not buying enough hamburgers or chicken strips. His longtime manager, Patrick, uh, decided to retire. He'd gotten of the age and he wanted to enjoy himself a little. And for months and months, Gary has been unable to find a replacement and was down to five employees at the Wheeler Road location. A lot of other business owners are facing this. At Crosslink, how do you uh, invite in good talent and retain them? Uh, it's a big question. Is it, this was actually a, a giant struggle um, for me. Uh, and and I'll I'll just see if I can't say it real vulnerably. Um, I knew that what we could pay employees was very different from what folks can make at the fort and what folks can make at the site. Right? We got the fort and we got the site. Um, this culminated my I, I guess my um, my hangups culminated in me having a candidate who was inter- you know I was interviewing for a position and. When I found out what the guy made, I pretty much told him, look, you've, you've really got a good gig. You need to stay where you're at. <laughs> you talked yourself out of an employee. And I was telling my business coach at the time um, about it, and she said, well, let me, let me ask you, Patrick, um, would you work at the site? And I'm like, no, I would never. It's, it's a soulless job. It, you know, to, to me, uh, it's just not what I'm driven and called to do. Mm-hmm. I would not do it. And she said, well, you denied him the opportunity to change. You, you know, because of your hangups about your pay scale, you denied him the right to look at this opportunity, mm-hmm. honestly look at it. And uh, she was right. I did a lot of soul searching, and it took me a long time to really get a grasp on why Crosslink is a great place to work, how it's very, very different from other places to work for the right person, me included, there's just not another place where we get to serve the way we get to serve a select curated list of clients uh, and do what we're made to do and called to do. So once I got my handle around that, my my head around that concept, uh, it was much easier for us to begin to write a job description that embodied that. That narrative in our job description tells that story. Respondents often say it was a delightful experience to apply for this position, which I don't don't think is common. But we've crafted that narrative to properly reflect what's different. Um, And so I I hope that's an encouragement to our listeners that when they're competing in the marketplace, just like every other business owner, uh, they're trying to find the best talent and they're trying to find them at a, a salary that they can pay. Uh, that's certainly been a challenge for us as well. We're not any different. And if, if anyone knows about the IT field, you know that it's 
starved for talent. It's one of the we're all familiar with how the nursing shortage from the 90s and 2000s, even through today, um, I believe the tech talent deficit is much greater. So we've we've focused on culture. We've focused on the things that make us different. We've focused on that servant-hearted attitude, and that that's a very divisive message. Sure. Now, how picky should employers be? And how picky are you when you have a job search? Um, we have run several jobs with over 100 applicants mm-hmm. and chosen to hire none of them. <clears throat> Why? Um, we don't want to settle. It's too important to all the things that we've talked about, mm-hmm. uh, the culture the culture, and, and, and the way in which we serve clients. Um, so... I, th- I think that a mistake, we, we've certainly made the mistake in the past, it's a mistake many businesses make, is they get what they can afford. Mm-hmm. They make compromises because they it's what they can afford. And Reed Hastings has a book out, and um, one of the ideas in that book, which we subscribe to, is you need to increase your talent density. If the right employee costs more than you're comfortable paying, it's going to be the most cost-effective thing you can do is to get the right employee, even if that means someone else has to go or two other people has to go. That's a that's a hard point that mm. that he makes, but it's a very valid point. You just can't afford to compromise when you're when you're employing people who are going to represent your brand and represent your mission. I often compare business to sports. And it's kind of competitive like that on a team. I mean, if you're not really performing to the A level, you may go down to triple A or double A. Similar in a way. Yeah, and it's hard to overstate what the wrong hire can do, the impact that the wrong hire can have on the culture inside the business, the other employees and, and how they serve clients, as well as, the clients that you have, we, we have certainly made mistakes. We have certainly hurt or eroded relationships with clients because we didn't have the right team or the right team member. So it's, it's incredibly important to hold out for the right person um, and to steadily shepherd that person into who they need to be to serve and, and further the company's mission. And when that begins to not be correctable, to make changes as quickly as possible. Well, we're here um, really creating a culture shift in the CSRA over the next several weeks and months and looking at a lot of different aspects. It's been a difficult time really uh, since March of 2020, finding the right talent, retaining them, and we're going to delve into that so much over the course of of the next several months. And I often remember um, one of my uh, business attorneys and friends that I've had, Ed Enoch, for many, many years. He, He wrote an article, and the headline was, Hire Slow, Fire Fast. Do you subscribe to that method? Yeah, I, I don't voice it that way. Mm-hmm. It's too pat. 
you know, it doesn't really describe the struggles of people right. who care about their employees. It, it it doesn't convey the real struggle because, you know, we, we invest in people. Um, we invest heavily in people. And hopefully our listeners do well as well. And um, that's not an easy thing to pull the plug on. Um, but when you begin to take that attitude of we're not a family, we're a team, it has been empowering for me uh, and other people that I've spoken with. The idea that, like a good team, occasionally players need to be traded. Mm. And when a player gets traded, you know, the coach doesn't take them out back and stab them. Right. They're going to be fine. They're going to go down to AAA. They're going to work on the problems that they had. They're going to continue in their career. And, and hopefully it's better for it because they had a chance to focus on an area of need. But to continue to keep that player on the team, it's hurting the rest of the team, and it's hurting the mission of the team. It's hurting all the people that that team serves. Sometimes uh, it's not the right fit, or there's a better fit, of course. Um, And... You mentioned you had over 100 applicants for a previous position. It was, have you reposted for the same position, or do you have a different position open? Interestingly, we have two positions running at the moment, and um, they're both well on their way to over 100 applicants. And do you feel better about these 100 applicants? Yeah, in each case, you know, our, our attitude is, hey, whatever you want to do, Lord. You know, if, if we get 100 applicants and none of them are the right applicant, that's okay. Uh, we'll do our part. Uh, but when we rerun it, it's surprising uh, how different things shape up the second time. And that's proving to be the case this time as well. Three months later, running an ad again that we didn't fill the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already had better applicants, more promising applicants. So it's delightful. Um, what type of tools do you use to determine whether someone is a good fit or not? It's fairly extensive. Uh, It's grown to probably about a 10 to 12 contact process. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we, we of course, post uh, an ad with a a good narrative, a good job description, um, what the requirements are, and those requirements are not conventional requirements on our postings. They really boil down to the um, quality of person. And again, I've written those to try and be divisive. Um, but that's the starting point, right? Having a job description or uh, mm-hmm. a narrative that helps me capture what we're really looking for. And then there are um, probably about 15 minutes worth of questions, maybe even longer than an applicant has to answer before their application is even seen by us. Um, and those are Several of those are open-ended questions that help us understand who the client is, I mean, who the applicant is and what their values are. So we're always looking for cultural fit. Uh, We then conduct a 15-minute interview for those that look promising, Mm -hmm. 15-minute phone interview, which is just a giant time saver. For those that are promising there, we'll bring in for an hour in-person interview. And then for any of the technical roles, we finish that up with a at least one hands-on technical interview, which is uh, incredibly telling 
Um, we've, we've had many times where the first several engagements are promising and a hands-on interview demonstrates things that weren't visible. And then if it's a executive position, we strive to do dinner, ho- hopefully even dinner with the spouses because mm. sometimes that's the biggest impact to your company's culture might be the spouse of an employee. And we know if so, if you're hiring a gentleman executive, if if mama gives the thumbs up, that's a big deal. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to be facetious, but if you've got a grand employee and their spouse is a lunatic, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> is there really a lunatic meter that you see at dinner? Have you have you seen that? Absolutely. Wow. That sounds like the subject of a different podcast. <laughs> well, it's it's just hard to overstate how important that is. Wow. In much the same way that you don't just marry your 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 bride or your groom, you marry the family. Uh, the same is true. I, I at least see the same thing being true with the folks that we bring on board. And then the uh, the red flags go up, and you may not make that offer. That's right. The last step. Interesting. Well, we hope this has uh, been really helpful. Some nuggets from Patrick Reynolds, who's been hiring um, people in the CSRA now for about 20 years. Uh, the website is crosslinkconsulting.net. Uh, do you have positions posted on online? And We do, yes. Oh, that's, that's good to know. And over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to continue to try to shift the culture upward to make things better uh, with your company. And uh, thanks for what you're doing here. This is really a great mission, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for joining me on it. Sure.